0: Hey, sweet friends. Welcome back to another episode of Generation on a Mission. I did not forget about you. I've been sick. I know I've been gone for a hot minute. I did not give up podcasting. Did the 12 days of Christmas in my Facebook group. And I took a little break because our whole family was down for the count for like two weeks. So we're all better now. And now I'm back on the saddle. Hopefully going to you every week again with a podcast. I hope you had a fantastic new year and that you are ready to rock and roll for 2022. Who's up for a good year? Hopefully everyone, right? Okay. (laughs) So today we are talking about how to help your kids develop an attitude of gratitude as opposed to an attitude of I want and need everything in my sight even though I just got everything I could ever want under the tree this year and I'm still unsatisfied and I don't know if you're feeling that at your house and you notice that trend of, my goodness, you just got all of these toys. (laughs) Why do you still want everything else everyone else has or everything else you see in a catalog or hear about on a commercial? You don't need it. Let's focus on the things we have. And I really started to dive into that thought and how we can kind of uproot that mentality from our kids while still letting them have, you know, those desires and those wants. And that's okay. Embrace that, but not allowing it to turn into an attitude of greed and thinking they need everything under the sun. So that's what we're talking about today, but before we dive in, I wanna share something with you that I think is important to remind you of, and that is the importance of reading with your kids. One of the best ways to teach your kids anything is through books, because they're filled with so many great concepts. Not only does reading help build comprehension and promote bonding with your kids, but it builds language by increasing vocabulary as well. And plus they are so relatable to kids, They're concrete visuals of what your kids should be doing or could be doing or how they can treat others. And it's just so beneficial to read with them. But aside from that bonding aspect, my favorite reason for reading books is the life connections that our kids can make to the books. There are so many great lessons and takeaways from the books, especially at a young age. And I'm talking about concepts like sharing, encouraging, even showing appreciation not interrupting, whining, I'm talking everything and anything. There are literally books on every single topic out there. And if your little one doesn't like to stay put long enough to read a book at this moment, that's okay. Play books over the speaker where he can listen to them audibly and this way he's still exposed to the language but he's listening to it while he's playing and I'm telling you he will still get something out of it. Even though he's not actively sitting and reading a book, he will still get it while he's listening. But let's go ahead and dive into today's show. Here we go. Hey there, Mama. If you want to raise empowered kids who actually listen while parenting biblically, you're in the right place. Not only does this podcast help you strengthen their spiritual gifts and walk in purpose at a young age, but it also teaches you how to parent with intention. Welcome to the Generation on a Mission podcast, where we focus on fostering our children's leadership skills so they can become world changers. Hi. I'm Michelle Schaaf, former classroom educator, turned parent educator, blogger, and podcaster, all while changing dirty diapers, drinking lukewarm coffee, and leaning on Jesus. Grab your headphones, whip out the tata, and start feeding your baby. We've got some learning to do. So I've actually been using books and also combined with church lessons to teach my three-year-old about gratitude and how we can't find happiness in toys and other things that he wants and yes he is at that age where everything is I want this I want that especially as the holidays just wrapped up which is kind of ironic because he just got a lot of stuff for Christmas you know he got toys from his family he should not be wanting everything but he wants everything his brother has even though it's designed for a one-year-old And the same thing goes with other family members opening up gifts around him. It automatically goes from the thing that I have in front of me to now I want the thing that my cousin opened instead. Like, what in the world is that about? You know, I don't know. And is it okay for our kids to want things? Absolutely. I want things as an adult. So I shouldn't expect my three-year-old to just suppress his desires, right? No, not in the slightest. But I have to help guide him in finding that balance between Having a want and having so many wants that it turns into greed. So how do we teach our kids to be grateful and show gratitude as opposed to always asking for things and never being satisfied with what they already have while still letting them know that it's okay to have wants? how do we help them find that balance between having a simple desire before it turns into greed? Is there a way to help them find that balance as we move through this phase of life, which I'm perfectly aware is a normal phase of life, but we still have to trek through it as we try to find that balance, right? And I think that's a valid question and perhaps it's one that even I'm still trying to work out myself. But I will say that one way I've introduced this concept to my three-year-old is by reading books, like I mentioned previously, and also by simply talking about the difference between having a want and wanting everything and i also think that an attitude of gratitude stems from the environment we create as parents as well but i'm just gonna talk about some self-reflecting questions that i think would be beneficial to ask ourselves when it comes to creating an attitude of gratitude and thinking about how we are modeling modesty and gratitude for the things that we have in our lives. I have to ask myself almost daily, am I constantly wanting more or am I being grateful for what I have? So I want you to think about it in these terms. If you run a Target and you buy something new for yourself every single time, Even though you were just stopping in for some groceries, but Target told you what Target wanted you to buy, right? What is the message that sends when your kids see this? And I'm talking like every time or most times when you go into Target, out comes you with something new for yourself. Sure, you worked hard for your money and you deserve that sweater you totally wanted or that you just saw randomly hanging on the shelf. I get it. I totally get it. I am guilty of that myself. I want things. I want clothes. But seriously, I'm just asking this as a thought-provoking question for you. If you are buying something new you want every single time you go to the store, what is the message that it sends to your kids? Is it sending the message that you're never satisfied with what you have? I don't know. That maybe you're always looking for the next best thing to come along And if it's there and you could afford it, then buying it will make you happy. I don't know. But I feel like that's a trend we can all relate to. Am I right? And we all know, or, you know, perhaps we don't know, that buying those guilty pleasures releases endorphins. (laughs) And when you get those endorphins, you just want more of them, right? You get this satisfaction of having something new. But what happens when all that newness wears off? You look for the next best thing. And what do you do you buy it and now that sweater that you had to have just turns into another item on the shelf in your closet that gets bypassed every time you think you have nothing to wear (laughs) or maybe you're not into the whole clothes thing but I want you to think about it in terms of that brand new iPhone you just have to have as soon as it gets released. Even though the one you have is good and it works, you just can't wait to get the newer updated version every time. And why is that? I don't know. It's because we just are always looking for the next best thing to make us happy. That is my assumption. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. But now bring it back to your kids... I want you to think about your kids and all those toys they got for Christmas and how they are already driving you crazy talking about how they have nothing to play with and that they are bored. You want to say to them, for Pete's sake, Johnny, you just got all these toys for Christmas. Why don't you just appreciate and play with the toys that you have? But here's a pro tip, though. They are much more likely to be engaged with a toy when you are playing with them. Not simply just using the toy as an occupier to keep them busy while you get something else done. And I know you have things to do, but I'm just throwing that out there. So they have all these toys, but then the next Amazon catalog comes in the mail or they see that commercial with that toy and that's the toy that they have to have. They need that toy because that toy will make them so happy because it's all they ever wanted mom yes it's all I ever wanted and you know since your kids are bickering and driving you crazy in the moment you think okay it's gonna get them off my back so yeah I'm gonna go get it let's go get it or maybe you might tell them okay we can get it later just to subside the bickering which is not a good route to take or you know maybe you might even say hey look Johnny I was at the store and I wanted to get you this toy because I knew you wanted it but you have to think about your motives behind why you're doing that are you buying it because you think it'll make him happy are you buying it because you think it'll keep them occupied? What's your purpose behind randomly picking up toys at the store? Now I'm all about happy surprises absolutely but what I've come to learn in my short years of parenting is that toys do not bring joy. They do bring temporary happiness, which can quickly be depleted with the next best thing that comes along. And then it just turns into clutter, right? They don't use it anymore after the first four hours that it's been in front of them because it's just temporary happiness. They just wanted to explore it and move on that's just what being a kid is about right yeah (laughs) yes like I know you were all thinking this before Christmas I know I was thinking it gosh I cannot wait until Santa drops off all those gifts because it will keep my kids occupied for like the next month or so and then what happened was it turned into arguments and boredom within like three days and that happens unless it's a screen but you know that's a whole other topic in and of itself but you know why is that why is it that they just get bored after the first three days It's because the newness wears off and they are just left wanting more. They had their three days of endorphins and happiness wears off and they're left unsatisfied again, constantly looking for something to make them happy. Or, you know, here's another instance where you go to the zoo and you have to stop by the souvenir shop every single time. Why is that? Is it because the experience wasn't good enough or, you know, you want them to remember the six times you went to the zoo together? Is it because you know it will just make them so happy if they got that hippopotamus that they wanted, even though the experience itself was a great time? I'm honestly just asking, why are we buying our kids souvenirs every time we go to the zoo or even when we go shopping? Like, you were good, so I'll just buy you a car. Why? Why is that a thing? And I actually want to share a story with you. I was at the store not that long ago, and a lady and her daughter were in front of me, and the girl just had to have the toy, and so they were waiting for a price check because there was no tag on it, and it was like a $6 toy. And the mom turned around, and she told me, Oh, so sorry. You know how it is. When we passed it, she just wouldn't let me not get it. And I was just thinking to myself, um, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Your five-year-old wouldn't let you do something or not do something? I mean, what message was that sending to her? One, she gets what she wants when she throws temper tantrums. And two, that the toy is what will make her happy in that moment. And before you know it, that's what's going to make her happy every time she goes to the store with you. She's not going to be happy until she has that toy in her hand while she's in the cart. And that's just a rabbit hole of bad ideas, right? Anywho, I digress. So back to the example where we go to the store and pick out something new for us every single time. If we do that for ourselves are we modeling the idea that we are ever satisfied with what we have if we are constantly coming home from the store with a new toy for our kids are we sending that same message i mean like how many times do we have to ask how many toys do you have and you are still bored seriously translate that in our terms as parents imagine the message that they hear when we audibly say I have nothing to wear when our closet is full of clothes. What is the message that that sends? I can't ever find the good in the things that I have despite where I'm going and what I'm about to do and how amazing of a time it will be. My happiness cannot commence until I look perfect in the new outfit I just bought myself, right? Also, I don't know about you, but what I've come to find is that my kids are occupied and happy most often when I am interacting and playing with them which I know takes a lot of time and work sometimes but don't you think that that's where the joy comes from when we spend more time with our kids than they do playing with their toys by themselves what does that tell them We're sending the message that time, experiences, and memories are more important than toys. That's what brings us joy. Aren't we also sending the message that happiness comes from more than just toys? Happiness comes from the time spent with people that you love and care about doing the fun things that bring us joy. And I'm just going to say this. My kiddo gets more excited about going to look at Christmas lights as a family than he does with playing with his trucks or any other toy he has in that closet. And we did that every single week leading up to Christmas. He was so excited about it every single time. All I'm saying is that when you place a higher emphasis on experiences and time spent together, there becomes less emphasis on the desire to attain more toys and any other material objects, right? But all of those examples are just creating an environment that promotes finding joy in other things besides material objects. I think of it as just like a piece of the puzzle. And I think another piece to cultivating an attitude of gratitude is simply by showing appreciation in your life for the simple things you have every day, like when you sit down to eat. Just mention the fact that you're grateful for this food and that you appreciate the time it took the person who made it. Or, Perhaps you can even talk about how grateful that you were able to cook the dinner for your family. That can speak volumes in your home when it comes to cultivating an attitude of joy. If you show joy for things that you don't want to do, imagine how that will translate over to your kids. You can also talk about how grateful you were that you were able to play outside with your kids or play a game with your kids. Just take the time to show them that the time spent with them matters to you and talk about how you're grateful that they made you laugh and how much you enjoy being around them. And those are the things that they'll focus on and they'll want more of as opposed to wanting the toys in their closet. And even more so when they're young, going back to the importance of creating an environment that promotes finding joy in things besides toys, serve with your kids. And I feel like this can look different in every family depending on your circumstances, but literally, literally everyone can serve in some capacity, which is another piece of creating an attitude of gratitude versus an attitude of I want, I want, I want. So part of our preparation for Christmas was creating a chain of kindness where we talked about something kind we could do every day for those around us. We had everything from seeing Carols to neighbors, to buying some clothes, like simple, easy socks and underwear or food, simple, easy snacks for people in need, to buying a new toy or a new book for kids who might not have much under the tree, to making cards for a local fire department. It wasn't much, but it was how we could serve this year. And part of cultivating that attitude of gratitude is understanding that there are always others out there who can use joy. And I'm telling you what, when we went out of our way to spread joy to others, the generosity that was given back to us was immeasurable. But I know that's not the point. But when you give, I promise you, God finds a way to give back to you as well. And I will stand by that. So when you give joy, you get joy. And sometimes that's joy that comes from the inside. And sometimes it's other people who want to spread joy to you. But either way, it's so important to talk about that with your kids. You can even serve with your kids through a church or just find somewhere to volunteer with your kids where they're able to see how fortunate they have it and come up with more ideas on their own about how they can make a positive impact on the world. Which again, the more they do that, the more they'll find joy in things like that as opposed to the material objects that they have. Now, circling back to the books, we also make sure we read books to emphasize that same importance. And there are several books that we've read to help reinforce the concept of understanding that we can find more happiness in what we do rather than in what we have. Now, even though some of these books are holiday themed, you can read them anytime and there's no harm to that. So one of the books that we read was Being Thankful by Mercer Mayer, which are always good books. They're biblically inspired, which is always good. But what I liked about this one is that one of the little critters was constantly wanting new things and being upset when he didn't get it. But then his grandparents reminded him that there was a way to appreciate the things he had as opposed to being upset about the things that he didn't have. So they created a gratitude rock to remind himself every time he wanted something that he always had something to be grateful for. He put it in his pocket as a reminder and so that's what we did. We created a gratitude rock and we just found a rock in our backyard and painted it and we don't always take it to the store but when my little one wants something we talk about our rock and then we talk about all the fun things that we already have at home for which we are grateful. And if your little one isn't interested in rocks perhaps you can create another gratitude object to carry with you. Maybe like a popsicle stick make it a popsicle stick character and calling her gratitude grace <laughs> or something of that nature. I promise your little one will love bringing her along places to serve as a great reminder to be grateful for what you already have as opposed to wanting anything and everything at the store when you go shopping. Another book we read was Howard B. Wigglebottom in The Power of Giving, which is about a bunny who was taking a trip and wanted to pack all his toys because he couldn't leave any behind, but he packed so many that they wouldn't fit on the train and he ended up getting left behind. And throughout his adventure, he learned that his family was way more important than toys and that the best joy was brought on by giving and sharing. It's a simple book to help teach your little ones to appreciate what's important in life But when you're reading, I want you to converse with your little ones. Don't just stop with reading. Ask them questions. Ask them, why did Howard feel better when he gave away all his toys? Ask them how Howard felt when he saw the family eating dinner together and he was missing his family. Build those connections. That takes effort to build those connections with your little ones, but it's so important to have those conversations. Because those connections are the concrete visuals for your little ones to help understand those abstract concepts, which is so vitally important important at such a young age. And the last book I'm going to reference is called The Coffee Bean for Kids. It's lengthy and it's probably more ideal for five to six plus in the age range, but it's a really great read. I loved it. Its focus is centered around how we can choose how we can respond to different situations around us. We can choose to be a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean. All of these foods respond differently to being in warm water. A carrot gets mushy, Essentially sad and feeling sorry for itself because the world isn't giving into what it wants. They're on a pity party. The egg gets hardened and angry when the world doesn't go its way. And a coffee bean chooses to share all the joy that it has on the inside to make the world a better place by spreading kindness. And when you add more coffee beans to the hot water, it gets stronger. Just like when you add more kindness to the world, the world gets more kind and it becomes a better place. And that's what being a Christian is all about, right? It's about spreading our internal kindness to make the world a better place. And in this book there is even an instance where the boy wants a snow cone but noticed that another boy didn't have any money so he used his money to buy the snow cone for the other boy instead of buying one for himself. And what an amazing teachable moment that was in the story. It was such a powerful example to show how sharing what we have instead of wanting things for ourselves is what creates a better world and fosters happiness and joy and of us. So that's exactly what we talked about when we read this story. We talked about how when we notice things that other people need, we make the world a better place and that makes us happier than any object we want for ourselves, which is something I can definitely improve on myself as a human being and as a parent I have to constantly remember myself too like okay my kid does not need this just because he's driving me crazy I think it'll make him happy I know I can't wait to see the look on his face when he gets it but this is not what's going to make him happy me spending my time with him makes him happy us serving together he might not be happy at the time but us serving together will help him cultivate that attitude of joy much more than any toy that I bring him home no matter how often right which again random surprises are great but if you do that habitually then that joy is not going to be as strong every single time you know what I'm saying so you can also carry that conversation to the stores with you when you go shopping and your little one is just filled with I want this I want that mommy can I have have them pick out something special within a certain criteria you know whatever's in your budget for someone else who might find joy in that particular object or in another particular object and this way they get used to thinking about others before they think about themselves. Now circling back to the fact that our kids still have wants yes and it's still okay to want things but now how do we find that balance? Here are my thoughts. Take it with a grain of salt do whatever you want with them but here are my thoughts. Instead of brushing off the wants talk to them about creating a plan to work for whatever it is they want. So this would be a great time to introduce the concept of earning money to pay for things we want and need which is also a great way to build those math skills, you know? (laughs) You can talk to them about how they can pick up some extra chores around the house above what they've already been asked to do and talk to them about setting a goal for how they're going to save enough money to buy what they want. And I'm telling you, the toy will mean so much more to them when they have to earn it as opposed to if they just get it handed to them every single time. And now when I say earning, obviously two and three-year-olds probably won't get that concept. My three and a half-year-old, we're just starting to introduce the concept of goal setting and how we can think about what we want and try to save up for it or even wait for it for a birthday as opposed to getting it right now. And we're just now introducing that. So don't think you have to introduce these concepts, you know, about saving money to your two-year-old because they're they're not going to get that. But as they start to grow older, definitely start to introduce that concept of, you know what, we can save up money if that's something that you want. But I also want you to talk about balance as well. If your little one wants that new fire truck, but they already have so many fire trucks, talk about how they already have three different fire trucks. Ask, well, how is this one going to make you happier than all the others? What do you really like about this fire truck that's different from the ones you already have? Create some sort of investment in their ones, but don't just brush it off because they already have too many. If they feel like they absolutely want this one more than any other toy talk about donating some of their fire trucks or other toys that don't bring them happiness anymore and dive into making room for a new toy that they want for their birthday or for which they can save up to buy it's okay to have once but we want to make sure that we aren't cultivating an attitude of greed and that feeling of constantly getting new things is what makes us happy we won't be happy until we get what we want We have to find other ways to cultivate that joy inside of us as opposed to those endorphins that we get every time we get something new. And we have to find meaning in the things that we want. We have to find value in what we want and they have to be important. And it's not just we can't just want every little thing. We have to decide which one of these things that we do want is going to be the most important to you that you'll take care of, that you're invested in as well. And when we do that, we teach our kids to appreciate their toys and their things a bit more but I'm also curious I would love to know how do you teach gratitude in your home how do you help your kids find the balance between having a one and so many ones I'd love for you to join our Facebook page and share your suggestions of conversations that you have with your little ones about gratitude and finding that balance along with any good books that you read with your little ones to, to help create that attitude of gratitude so I'd love to hear your thoughts so please share those with me And if you want to send me an email at at gmail.com, I'd love to hear from you. But I also want you to focus on this week. See where you can help your kiddo focus on finding joy and other things around the house and not grumbling about doing what you have to do but rather finding joy and appreciating the things that you have to do like cleaning the bathrooms and wash the dishes and cook dinner and all the fun things help them to see that you find joy in those things and when you are serving and finding joy in that your little one will notice and as he grows will learn to find joy in doing that as well so I will see you next time. And I promise I won't be four weeks, (laughs) right? I will see you next time. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Real quick before you go, if today's episode made you laugh, learn, or love your littles a little more, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a written review for the Generation on a Mission podcast. If you're needing simple ideas to boost learning for your kiddo, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Michelle Shaw, S-C-H-A-U-F, or join our Facebook page at Generation on a Mission. See you next time.